0: Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Just to remind our uh, church council folks that we have a church council meeting at uh, 4 o'clock today. Also, one of our best kept secrets is uh, Wednesday nights. You need to come. There's a sign-up list if you want to come and uh, participate in the meal at 545. Those ladies do an excellent job in keeping us well fed. I know that because... Of how many people nod off during the study, uh, following that, and so studies start at 6:30 for kids and adults. Uh, the ladies have one, so we look forward. Let's let's get our hearts together, and let's think about the Lord this morning as Arena leads us in worship first, and then the choir. <laughs> So several weeks ago, the choir sang a new song uh, here in our service. And I think it was either your first day or the day that we voted on you. I cannot remember. But I, every time I hear this song, I just think about all the times when I was a little kid. We used to have beginners and juniors and primaries. Maybe you remember that. I don't know if you're quite there or not but but we had those classes and we had teachers who told us the great stories of the Bible and somehow I think as we get a little bit older that sometimes we compartmentalize those stories and we fail to understand that the God who created the universe is still the same God today the God who saved Moses is still the same God Abraham, David, the same God who moved in their lives still moves in our lives today. He is the same God. Thank you, choir. By the way, we meet on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock, and you know, I don't go back to visit with them until about a quarter, till the hour on Sunday mornings, and I've been looking at some of you, and it appears to me that some of you would fit into choir seats. (laughs) And so, you have an open invitation. We would love to see you. There is no one like the Lord. Let's stand together as we sing together today.
1: There is none like you. No one else. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Sing it again. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search, I could search for all eternity long, and find there is none like you. Think it one more time. There is none like you. No one else. No one my heart like you do, I could search, I could search for all eternity long, and find there is none like you. you. This yes, in the na You run like a lion, you play. Say,
0: Jesus, Jesus, say it again, Jesus, one more time, Jesus, and Lord, it's in the name of Jesus that we commit all of this, our offerings of worship, and we stand ready to hear your word, in Jesus' name, amen, be seated.
2: Go ahead, brother. I'll jump the gun. I got so excited singing about Jesus, I forgot about the video. Do y'all ever get excited? Man, I was, I was pumped up and ready to go after the music today. That was so good. Hey, do me a favor. Stand up. I need you to stand up. I know what it's like when you lose an hour of sleep, right? So here's what we're going to do. we are got to get this out of the way. On the count of three, I want everybody to do this. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't count to three. See, I'm telling you, you lost that hour, and it's just messed us all up. You ready? One, two, three. Ugh. All right, you got that out of your system now, right? All right. Man, aren't you grateful for the Lord Jesus today? Amen. What a joy. If you're a guest today, it's an honor and a joy to have you. A lot of places you could be, but I am so glad that you are here at Popper Springs today. Pray for my sweetheart. She just, honestly, she's just didn't feel good she was up pretty much all night last night so I don't know if it's something that she ate I don't know if it was something that maybe it was just all the dust that y'all know what it is to move and unpack and all that right you can come look at the bottom of the house but don't go upstairs all right <laughs> This it just looks brown all right boxes everywhere but we're going to get through it. If you have a copy of God's Word, look with me this morning in the book of Titus, in the book of Titus. Again, if you're a guest, we are so glad that you are here today, and I sure would love to meet you after the service, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, after the kind of the last amen, I'm going to mingle out there, and I want to be sure to, to say hello to each and every one of you. The last few weeks, we've been in this book. We've just Kind of just taking it verse by verse and line by line, thinking about the God of grace and his goodness and his faithfulness. And to think about the, the grace that saves us is the grace that sanctifies us. It's the same grace that energizes us to serve in the name of the Lord Jesus. Think about this. What God has done in us, now he wants to do through us, and so we become this conduit of God's grace and God's mercy, and so that, that's just a beautiful picture of what God does, and so, you know, I, I grew up thinking about, you know, I'm going to live my life for God, and I understand what I I'd heard and what I was taught, but, but here's the truth. The goal is not to live my life for God. The goal is to let God live his life through me, It is God living his life through you. And so we spent some time looking at that. He is the God of grace. He is the God of salvation. Then we looked at the preacher. What is the the preacher to be and what is the preacher to do? And now we're going to look at the body today. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to look at the body today. And guys, we're going to start with you. We're going to start with the men today. Ladies, guess who's next week? It's you. Don't you dare lay out next week, all right? So you be here, and we're just going to have some good, fun time digging into the Word together and to to really answer some questions. What does it look like to be a grace-filled man? What does it really look like to be a grace-filled woman? And so we're going to answer those two questions in the next couple of weeks. Titus chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse one. but at, well let's do this. I almost forgot. I'm telling you I'm sleep deprived, all right? So hold your Bible up and say this with me. this is the Bible, God's holy infallible and errant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing word. But as for you, teach what accords, With sound doctrine, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and instead fastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children and to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their husbands. Boy, you ladies are going to really love that, aren't you? That the word of God may be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. So that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just the sweet time we've had to to be here and just to, to have fellowship one with another. Lord, to be able to sing praises to your name and God, what a sweet time that was. Thank you so much for that. Lord, uh, this has been an um, amazing weekend. Thank you for, God, all those that, that came over yesterday and, and helped us just assemble things and clean things and unpack things. And, Lord, the, the church that just fed us so well. And, Lord, thank you for all, all those who contributed. God, we, are, we, we count that as just a grace gift to our life. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you even now to give me just a a supernatural boost of energy today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that my mind and my heart would be clear and Jesus, that I would only say that which would honor and glorify you. And so, Lord, you come and you take control, and for all that you do, God, we will give you praise and glory and honor for it all. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I love this section of the book, and I think it's important for several reasons. One, because we are going to be talking about body life and how important that is. What is the role of men in the church, and what is the role of women in the body, especially in our culture today? I know that we live in a culture that has a gender crisis, and if we're not careful, we will allow our thinking to be dictated by CNN instead of the Word of God. And we have laid such a heavy foundation on the fact that if we're going to be a people who call ourselves follower of Jesus and live today in this culture, we've got to be sure that we are building on the solid foundation of the Word of God. That is sound doctrine. The second reason this excites me is because we're going to get to be reminded of our church history, how that in 1802 under an old-fashioned brush arbor. Now, many of you in this room probably have never heard that term, brush arbor. And here's what that simply means. It, it was just a prayer meeting. If you could think in it in its most simple form, it was a prayer meeting. And in that revival time and in that prayer meeting, the, our church history records there were thousands of people who came and were a part of that experience. And so you think about what a rich history that is. Think about a rich foundation that we have such as that to build upon. And so over the years, God has given us different facilities and different buildings, different pastors, and men and women who have loved Jesus and loved the church. You've seen many people saved. You've seen people called out of this fellowship. And we pray that just continues to happen. I love the diversity in the body. I pray that God would give us even more diversity in our body and that we would have such a hunger to make disciples that connect inward, upward, and outward. And so be, please be reminded that the first part of this book was, it's just all about grace. How that God saves, how that God calls, and, and especially in the, the, the area of leadership of the church. And sound doctrine, this new life is now to be lived out by the Lord Jesus. And so I am I'm excited today to think about then what does God look for and how could we call ourselves grace filled men. When I think about grace living, I I think about an attitude. That there's, there's almost this attitude that we have that, that reflects the true character of the living God. And so we don't have to neutralize anything. We don't have to water anything down. We can be the very men that Jesus died for us to be. And so men today, look again with me at verse 2. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and instead fastness. Now the word older there means anyone over the age of 61. The reason I know that's because I'm 60, all right? So no, it doesn't mean that at all, all right? As a matter of fact, it may not mean age at all. Now it could I mean, this is one of those terms that, in, in Bible days, it, it could have meant it could have meant the, the the longevity of a person's life, but but I think in the context of this scripture, it speaks much more clearly to the fact of spiritual maturity, that there are spiritually mature men. In the body of Christ. I am so glad, and it's reassuring to be able to stand in this pulpit today and say that, that, that I know for an absolute fact, because I've rubbed elbows with enough of you men today, there are some spiritually mature men right here at Poplar Springs. And I thank God for that. I'm telling you, much of what God is going to do as we move forward in what God has for us is going to be very dependent on our men. Okay, good. I'm glad you said amen right there, all right? Because it's very, very critical. And so I, I, think, I think that, and, and I don't want you to be offended if I say older men. Some, some guys are offended when you say older men, and the only reason they're offended when you say older men is because they are older men. Maybe you've heard this, there are seven ages of a man. I I found this a while back and it said this, seven ages of a man, spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, peels, and wheels, all right? So I don't know where you fit into there, all right? But, but that probably covers everybody in this room. So what is God looking for in a grace-filled man? What is God looking for in a man who is spiritually mature, one who's able to teach, one who's able to mentor, one whose life could be modeled? And if you modeled yourself after that man, people would absolutely call you a disciple of Jesus. What would that look like? Well, God gives us some insight into that. First of all, a a grace-filled man is a man who is discerning. He has discernment. A grace-filled man is discerning. The word there means to be sober, to be level-headed. It means that that man is spiritually wise in making decisions. He's not a man who freaks out over everything. He knows the difference between what is important and what is not important. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord helps him to think clearly. He's not distracted. He's a man who has purpose. And every man in this room knows this for sure. Every man needs a purpose. Every man needs a purpose. Every man in this room needs a reason to get up every single day and do something. I don't know what that is for you, but I I know that for a fact. Every man needs a purpose. And a grace-filled man understands in in the spiritual context that he has a purpose. Men, God made us God saved us for a purpose, and and the primary purpose is to fix our heart and our mind on the Lord Jesus. You know, it's taken me a long time in this walk of faith to really understand who I am in Christ. My identity is not in what I do. My identity is in who he is. So my identity, who I am, is listen. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to crash and burn if I don't preach the best message. I'm not going to crash and burn if I if I don't do everything just right. You understand that? My identity is not wrapped up in executing. It's not my work. It's not what I do. My identity is in who I am and who I am in Jesus. And so a grace-filled man knows that his, his life, his thinking, his discernment in life is shaped by the same grace that gave him spiritual life. Number two, a grace-filled man is honorable. He's respectable. The word, many translations, uses the word dignified. It means that he, he pursues what is morally Valuable. You've learned through the school of grace because of your life experience in the Lord. You know now what is valuable. You know in life what is serious, and and you are serious. You're serious with your time. You're serious with your opportunities. You don't live on the edge. Now, what I mean by that is this. So, I. Someday I hope that all of my kids could be here at one time. I'd love for you to meet all the kids at one time and all the grands at one time because it's a hoot, all right? I mean, it is an absolute hoot. But, but if you, it, my oldest, Seth, and, and he might even be listening to this message, okay? And I'm not going to, hey, son. And, and if he is, th- he knows this is a fact, all right? He, this is a fact. Seth might not cross the line. But my son, Seth, was the one that would get right on the edge. You know what I'm talking about? Get on the edge, look at you, and grin about it, right? That was Seth. A man who is grace-filled really doesn't live that way. He he doesn't live on the edge. He, He doesn't try to live and see, how far can I really go without crossing the line? He knows that he has a reputation that is grace-filled. He does not want to, to compromise what he believes and what he stands for. I mean, he wants his lips and his life to be compatible with one another. And, and, but but here, here, here's the thing. You know, I used to think if you were this kind of guy, you were just no fun whatsoever. That if you lived in that kind of, if you lived that way where you just pursued Jesus all the time and and you let him kind of shape your thoughts and all that kind of stuff, that life would just be so miserable. Why would you want to pray for the Lord to give you a mate? Because he would give you somebody that, you know. You've been there? Well, I used to be there. And then I discovered something. The more I lived grace out, the more abundant life I had, the more fun I had. I'm telling you right now, when you are walking with Jesus and you can lay your head down at night and know that you have honored God, that is a good thing. And when we get together, we laugh and we cut up, I'm just telling you right now, I'm learning that that grace doesn't take away life. Grace actually adds to your life. And you can enjoy the good things that the Lord has given us. And and you can, and I don't think it's wrong to use the word fun, that we can enjoy life, we can enjoy God, we can enjoy the fellowship with one another. And I'm telling you right now, I enjoyed some fellowship yesterday. We laughed and we cut up, and thank you so much for the cake, and thank you so much for the cake, because I had cake last night at 11 o'clock, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I found the coffee maker, I found the Keurig and it was glorious. So don't tell me you can't have fun walking with Jesus. And if you think that's true, listen, I, I've met some guys that they just found it very hard to enjoy life as a believer. You ever seen somebody like that? During the song service, they stand like this. not say anything out loud, but in their heart, they're thinking bless me i dare you <laughs> tell you I, I think they need more fiber in their diet now just loosen them up a little bit all right but i believe a, a reverent man a grace-filled man knows how to enjoy the abundant life and not be distracted by sin number three a grace-filled man is a self-controlled man he understands self-control. Many of your translations may use the word temperament. He's temperate. He, he, he. matter of fact, it's the only one of the characteristics that are listed for old men, young men, older women, younger women. It's the only thing listed for all four. Now, we'll, we'll speak more about that in the weeks to come. But he's temperate. It means he's self-controlled, it means he's sensible, he's not careless, he's not excessive, but in his spirit, everything is grace-shaped. He exhibits the disciplines of grace. It's possessing a discernment and a discipline that comes with walking with God. It's what Paul was talking about writing to the church at Ephesus when he said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You're able to live in control because you are under control, right? Think about that. I can live in control. I can can have self-control. Why? It doesn't come naturally. Self-control comes supernaturally. And so the one that has me, the one who lives in me, who now wants to live out of me. me. Let me say it this way. Now watch this, watch this. This is when I wish I had a whiteboard today, okay, I'll I'll draw some things out, all right? So if you think about a cross, think about a cross. So positionally, positionally, up and down, positionally, you and I, according to the Scriptures, are perfect in Jesus. You understand that? When God looks at us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus, So positionally, he's taking care of every sin, and I am righteous in him, and Jesus made that happen. So think about that.
0: Positionally,
2: we're perfect. But experientially, that's where the rubber meets the road for us right now, right? Right? And so, guys, what, what this whole thing is about now is that the, the, the God of grace that has poured his grace in you now wants that grace to be lived out of you. So, a man who is under control of the Spirit can be in control. Let me, let me give you three things. This has to do with our hearts, guys. This has to do with our hearts. Maybe you're here today and say, Ken, I, I, I want to believe that. I want to believe that I am in control because I am under control, but, I, but I, have, I have a mouth problem. Any man in this room have a mouth problem? Well, I got good news for you. No man in this room has a mouth problem. No, you have a heart problem. You know what the Bible says in Matthew 15, 18? That what proceeds out of your mouth came from your heart. So there's not a man in this room that has a mouth problem, but we could be men in this room that have a heart problem. And the heart problem exposed because of what comes out of our lips. Maybe you were here today and you would say, well, I got a money problem. No, nope, 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 nope. No man in this room has money problems. You could have a heart problem. What does the Bible say? The Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your... Go ahead and say it. Now, the ladies are saying it. (laughs) Ladies, thank you for saying it. (laughs) Men... What does the Bible say? Where your treasure is, there your heart. Don't make me shame you, all right? Heart. So it's why you, honestly, by grace, if I I shape this thing by grace, I can honestly say men in this room don't have a money problem, but we could have a heart problem. Let's go on. What about your mind? Say, Ken, I just, man, I just have stinking thinking. I have these bad thoughts. I just, man, my mind, my mind, my mind. Men, guess what? You don't have a mind problem. <laughs> Ladies, it's okay. Your husband does not have a mind problem. I know that's hard for you to hear, but he doesn't. you know why? Because the Bible says in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, from the heart comes evil thoughts. So it's not that we even have a mind issue. What do we have? It's a heart issue. And a man who understands grace and a man who is under, I mean, if you can understand that the importance of self-control, you realize that you can't do it. Somebody bigger than you has to provide it. And aren't you glad God's grace can provide self-control? It's yielding ourselves to that. Would you be willing today to yield your heart, to yield your mind, to yield everything that you have to all that God is? It's it's, it's like you become this offering in the offering plate. I was preaching along these lines, and I'm not even sure if it was at Rocky Creek or where, I just remember I was preaching this years ago somewhere, and there was the Lord's table right there and there were some empty offering plates just sitting right there and y'all know sometimes I can just do things on a whim. I'm not jumping today, all right? And I but I just I just hopped myself right on the offering plates. But I wanted you to see a mental picture. That's that's exactly what needs to happen with many of our men in this room today. I want you to be men who are filled with grace, that grace shapes your life. Grace comes out of your mouth. Grace is what you see through. Grace is what you hear through. Grace is what you taste and feel. Grace! The same grace that saved you is the same grace that can enable you to be just and honorable and discerning and self-controlled. Amen? Amen. Lastly, not all of our passions can be under control. That's the will of God, that all of our passions be under the control of grace. But he talks about even the younger men, that the younger men can be spiritually healthy, and he uses the word sound. I I love that. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself to be in respects to be a good... Uh, A model of good works in your teaching show integrity, uh, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. Spiritually healthy. Men who know what they believe and why they believe it. Healthy because of grace. Healthy because you've been taught from the Word. Healthy because you are immersing yourselves in the things of the Lord. That's why he uses these three phrases in faith. That that a man that's full of grace is a man of faith. You trust God, you believe it so when it's not so, just because God said so. You're a man of faith, you're a man of love. In love, in love. See, as men in love, we can serve one another. We can love one another. We can can serve one another. We can persevere. You can walk patiently and steadily in the fulfillment of hope. And you can walk steadily because you know that Jesus is going to come again. You live because you know no matter what... God still wins. Now, I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk and in your journey, but I had had a few tests this week. We We had a busy week. Packed on Monday, loaded on Tuesday, closed the house in Columbia on Wednesday, closed the house in Roebuck Friday, moved in yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so thankful for grace because <laughs> I could have lost it <laughs> are you with me that's why I'm thankful for grace I'm thankful for grace and you know there were things that were that everything just didn't line up I mean there were things that we had to work on I mean up until the last minute we, I, 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 made, I, I I joked about Scott I, I, maybe I've learned my lesson. I won't joke with Scott anymore. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm sorry. I, I'm just sorry. But, <laughs> I picked on him about, you know, his card, because his church card, you know, the fraud. We get, then we had fraud. We're still experiencing issues because of that. I'm telling you, I had to, Lord Jesus. I had to say, Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Jesus. Help me, help me. You know what? Grace comes to the rescue. Grace always comes to the rescue. And I'm thankful for that. So, men, listen, as we begin to build and we begin to, to, to take some next steps, I, I just, I just got to tell you, we need men in this fellowship Who will be spiritually mature men. And here's why this is important. Because the Bible clearly says older men teach the younger men. That means every young man in this room needs an older man speaking into his life. That means every older man in this room needs to have a younger man that he's speaking life into. Say, so Ken, wait a minute, time out, time out. Isn't that the preacher's job? Well, I was a Christian before I became a pastor, so I'll answer it this way. As a disciple of Jesus, yes. Yes. I want to pour myself into the the next generation. I want some younger guys that I can speak truth into, not because I'm a pastor, but because I am a disciple of Jesus. Understand that? I'm not doing it because I'm the pastor. I'm doing it because grace And so I'm just I'm just telling you, I I don't know I, I don't know, I don't want that to scare you, I don't want that to intimidate you, but but guys, that is the culture that we're going to build here. We want our spiritually mature men speaking life into younger men. Now just look around real quick. I'm excited about something. I'm excited that we've got a lot of older men. Now, what I'm not excited about right now, but I want to be excited because I I believe it's going to happen, is the Lord's going to have to send us some younger men. And you know them. Hello? Is this mic on? Hello? You know them. And so we're going to build a culture where I'm going to challenge you to start working in your relational network to find people who aren't here yet. And when they come, I'm telling you, we want older men teaching younger men what it means to walk with Jesus. And so ladies, uh, next week it's you, and you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Grace. So I got two questions, and then I'm done. Boy, that flew by really fast. Um, number one, if you don't know Jesus, then you do not have the capacity to do what I just preached. So it starts there with salvation. That's where Titus started, right? Salvation. So if you're here today and you've never been saved, that's first base. That's getting in. That is as low as you can ever go with God is salvation. Number two. Maybe you're a man here today. You say, Ken, I want to be that grace-filled man that you just preached about. And maybe the Holy Spirit has already shown you some things, some issues that need to be dealt with in order that you can really know Him more intimately and let His life be lived through you. And so, man, I'm just going to tell you the the altar's going to be open today and if there are some things you just need to come and pray about give to Jesus, that's a good thing. Don't ever be ashamed of coming clean with Jesus. That's a good thing. And that's another thing. I hope we build a culture here where it, it is not, well, I know it's going to stop. It's, it's four after. i got to stop. I will start with what I just thought next week. <laughs> It'll be the segue, all right? So if you need to be saved, I want you to be saved. If you are saved men, but you know that there's just some things not right, let's just get right with Jesus today. And let's be grace-filled men who will honor Jesus and the kingdom. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for today. And God, I'm asking you right now, if there's anyone today, God, man, woman, boy, girl, anyone. that does not know you, I pray that today, God, they would know you. God, I pray especially for our men today. If there's a man that's just struggling with some issues, and and Lord, sometimes we, we put up a lot of excuses, but yet it's a heart problem. God, I pray that our hearts would just come clean of some things today. And that, Jesus, you will live your life in us and through us. God, I pray for men today that they would be mindful of the the impact that they could have on the kingdom right here and right now by simply being a model for someone to follow and pour their life into someone else. And so, Lord, have your way during this invitation. God, maybe somebody needs to join this fellowship today. Lord, whatever it is, God, we're going to trust you for it. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you just to stand with me. And Brother Scott and our praise team are going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. I'll be here if you need me. But maybe you just need to come and just seek the Lord. Let's stand together. Trust Him. Trust Him. glad you came today. Amen. Amen. I am glad that you did too. Jim, I'm going to ask y'all to come and stand with me right quick. And uh, this is Jim and Ruth Driggers, and they want to come and be a part of Popper Springs Baptist Church. And Joy, they're willing to go through PS 101 and uh, understand what full membership is all about, and, and I'm so excited about that. It Amen, amen. If you're happy for this decision today, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Welcome them. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask you just to hang out right here for a minute or two, and some of our folks may want to come by and just say hello and get to know you. And have you been to a small group yet or anything? We've been to our Sunday school class. Awesome. Since August. Good. (laughs) Wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, it's time to go, isn't it? i love y'all and i'm not just saying that i'm telling you church i love you and i am so thankful uh to be a part of what god is doing right now and a part of just even today it's just, just even to me it's just another step of confirmation that god's god's doing a work y'all god's doing a work and we get to join him in it amen amen
0: anything we need to say brother uh just remind people our guys will be out at the in the vestibule with the offering plates or the little things I on can't. the wall there as you're going out little black boxes you're more comfortable and joey will be out at the uh, welcome desk um <laughs> uh, and you'll need to talk to the, our new folks here also he's the one you'll hook up with wave at them joey so they'll make sure they know who you are <laughs> and uh we'll get man. you hooked up for ps101 and that's it that's it lord we
2: love you we just thank and praise you for all that you're doing and uh lord you just met with us today and we're so thankful. Lord, continue to work, and I pray that we'll join you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen.